to From 78, the podcast. I am From 78, the podcaster. What you're listening to right now is the first um, Patreon-only podcast that I am producing. Uh, I'm making a podcast. I'm going to put it up on Patreon so that the people who support the show through Patreon, they will hear it. And eventually, what will happen is this episode of the show is going to migrate off of Patreon and work itself out into the um, the regular From 78 feed so that everybody, including people who don't support the show, will be able to hear it. However, uh, the people who support the show on Patreon get to hear it first. Yay for you, I think. A um, little bit of introduction about what you're about to hear. Um, I'm calling this an audio essay. What I did is uh, I had an idea in my head and I had some time. And so I sat down and I made some notes and then uh, I looked at those notes and kind of talked into a microphone and tried to convey the essence of uh, an idea that I had. I have no idea how good or how bad the final product is going to be. Be that as it may, uh, you're about to hear it. Uh, if you have any thoughts, feedback or whatever about it, I would really appreciate it if you sent it my way. Uh, you can do that by emailing from 78 podcast. That's F R O M number seven, number eight podcast at gmail.com and telling me what you think. Of course, if you're a Patreon supporter, you can just leave a comment on the episode and I'll read that and probably respond to you. And uh, yeah. Okay. So I feel like I have rambled enough. So here you go. I'm going to queue up some intro music and we're going to dive right into the first ever patreon um uh extra episode thing that i did and i hope you like it today's podcast is just me sitting here in a room with this microphone uh, wanting to talk to you whoever you are whenever you are wherever you are about something that is important to me and, and that is um, education the concept of education the action of education this thing this that, that we call education I, I want to spend time talking about that now before I sat down here and pressed record, I attempted to gather my thoughts about education. And I did that by sitting down with a pen. I'm holding it up right now. You can't see that. And some paper. And I wrote down what my thoughts are. And the first thing that I wrote about had to do with just kind of, I guess, uh, reminding myself and, and now reminding you, whoever you are, about what this podcast is and what it's maybe a trying to accomplish. The From 78 podcast, when I, I first thought of it, when it became an idea in my head, was a podcast about people in time. And what it's turned into, I think, as I've, I've been having conversations with people about their experience of being a person who is contained within time, uh, to be what it's like to be a person with a past, a present, and a future... Uh, is that the podcast has started to focus a lot on the concept of hauntology, on the concept of what it is that haunts us, me, you, all the people who we know, 
as individuals. Now, earlier on in the podcast, I, I made a little bit of a breakdown. I talked about ghosts, you know, being things from our pasts that continue to haunt us in our present. And I talked about specters as things that are in our future. They're, they're things that have not yet arrived. They're not here now in the present. Um, they, they, they do exist, but they, they don't exist now. They don't, they don't have, uh, I guess, what you'd call like physical presence in the now moment. But they do. They're, they're, they're things that we think will happen in the future. Right, so I've been I've been spending all this time now talking with people and, and thinking about these two concepts, thinking about ghosts and thinking about specters and thinking about the ways in which these things haunt us here and now. And you know, I, I'm a professor. When I'm not sitting down here in front of a microphone and, and talking, saying things, uh, one of the things that I do is I, I teach. Right, I I attempt, anyways, to teach people, and uh, that would mean that I attempt to educate people and. I have some ideas about what education is, about what education uh, could be in relation to what it is, about what education is not, and I would say that all of my ideas about education, every single one of them, are haunted by a really specific ghost, and that's what I want to spend some time talking about today. Nowadays, you know, in, in my present, education, um, I actually Googled this, right? I actually Googled, you know, define education. That's what I typed into the Google bar. And what came back is, and I'm quoting here, the process of receiving or giving systematic instruction, especially at a school or university. Now, the issue that I have with this definition is that it seems to imply that education is really fundamentally and mostly about taking things that are absent from a person, uh, something that a, things that a person, I guess, lacks, right? Identifying what those things are. And then through this process of education, putting those things into the, the person, into the student, right? So there's a, this idea, I think, in this definition that there's a teacher and the teacher has skills and knowledge and probably other stuff that the student lacks. And then uh, through the process of education, what the teacher does is they take this stuff and they literally instruct it into, put it into the student who they have been charged with teaching. Now, this, this, this style of education uh, also seems to jive really well with the, the whole uh, concept of neoliberalism, which isn't something that I've spent a lot of time really, I think, developing on this particular podcast. Um, but neoliberalism... I, I think it could also be called like late capitalism, capitalism as it is now. It's the idea, I think, that every single individual is responsible for constructing themselves into, for cultivating themselves into an idealized version of him or herself, right? So if we applied this to education, it is the student who is responsible for themselves, right? It is the student who is responsible for seeking out different people who have things that they, the student, lack, and convincing those people to um, take what is lacking and, and, and give it to them, 
you know, like, so imagining uh, this style of education is uh, kind of like the student being a trick-or-treater. Student goes up to the teacher's door, you know, knocks on the door and says, hey, you know, trick-or-treat, I'm a student. Can you please uh, uh, put some, some something in my, my bucket, something in my bag here, something that I'm lacking? Uh, because you have it, I don't, so could you please give me the thing that you lack, right? Uh, the student, obviously, if the student never gets up and never goes out, then they're never going to be able to go to somebody and say, hey, give me this thing that I lack, right? It is the student's responsibility to do this, uh, to, to find people and to learn what it is that this uh, teacher attempts to teach. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense outside of my brain, right? This, this is something that really, I guess, uh, aligns very nicely with the concept that everybody has to be an entrepreneur of the self, that everybody has to turn themselves into a productive member of society, uh, that, that people have to always be seeking out ways to improve who and what they are in relation to the society that they live in and other people within that society, right? That's, that's the way that education seems to be conceived of primarily here and now in the present. Now, what this style of education seems to be not realizing is that it is haunted by a really specific ghost. And that ghost is the ghost of the ancient Greek educators. I'm talking about people like Socrates and Epicurus and those folks, right? If you take a look at uh, how the Greeks, how the ancient Greeks did education, I think that it wouldn't be too hard for you to identify that their style of education is extremely different from the style of education that uh, we have been uh, become accustomed to today. It's not the same thing. Education today, as I was just saying, is about, you know, taking things that a person lacks and putting them into that person. I would say, I would argue that ancient Greek education uh, kind of operated in a, a, a almost a reverse polarity of this, right? Ancient Greek education was about the process of um, drawing out things that were already present within the student, but which um, were not uh, turned on yet, which were not activated. I think you could imagine Greek education as, uh, you know, the teacher approaches uh, a cave, and this cave is the student, and the teacher makes some noises, does some stuff, performs different actions. And in doing that, what happens is the bear that is hibernating in the cave wakes up and then like comes out of the cave. And I think that's how the Greeks saw education. The Greeks didn't put the, the bear in the cave, right? The bear was already in the cave when the teacher got there. It just couldn't be seen. It just wasn't doing anything because it was hibernating. And the teacher did things, did stuff, performed in different ways that woke the bear up and got the bear to like get up and leave the cave. And I think that that is really a, a much better way of thinking about education, right? That style of education is what haunts me. And it, it's, I, I think, what haunts a lot of other educators uh, that are attempting to do things and stuff in the realm of education today. So what is it that, that we're trying to draw out of people today? Uh, I would imagine that, that you know, when you're 
when an educator, when me or, or any other educator, is attempting to educate in a Greek style, what you're probably trying to do is you're trying to draw out your students' innate, natural curiosity. You're trying to get their desires, the students' desires, to become activated and to move out of the cave and into their life, right? If I guess the, the cave could be conceived of all of these kind of like heretofore unrealized things in their life. And you're trying to draw these unrealized things out into a potentially realized version, right? You're trying to draw out the person's, um, the, the their virtue, the, the heroic best version of themselves. You're trying to draw that out. But in addition to that, you're also trying to draw out the student's vices, uh, the monsters that exist within each and every student, which in, within each and every human being for that matter, right? Uh, earlier, I just talked about kind of drawing out desires. Desires are not inherently good nor inherently bad, right? They're things that people desire. Sometimes we desire things that might, yeah, I, I guess, lead to greater uh, safety, stability, and security in our lives. But other times we are going to desire things that, that don't do that. The, we're going to desire things that um, invite more discord, disharmony, um, disunity into our lives, right? Um, but those desires, good, bad, healthy, unhealthy, um, constructive, destructive, whatever, they're real. Uh, they're a part of the student, and it makes sense that, that you could activate those desires and bring them out into an area where the student might be able to get a better look at them, might be able to consider them in new and different ways that they weren't able to consider them previously, that that's a good thing. And, and the same thing applies to like that sort of like idealized, virtuous version of the self and the monstrous, demonized version of the self. I think that those things are, are present in every single student, present in every single person. And that what a good teacher does is, is kind of draws those things out of the student so that the student can then get a better look at them. Maybe the teacher draws out um, faith. Maybe the teacher draws out skepticism. Again, I don't think that the teacher's putting in skepticism. I don't think that the teacher's putting in faith. I don't think that the teacher's putting in the monstrous version of the student. I don't think that the teacher is putting in the idealized, heroic version of the student. I'm saying that Greek education would postulate that all of those things are, are always already present within the student and all that the process of education is, when it comes really right down to it, the, the root of education is the drawing out of these things. Because when they're drawn out, what will happen as a result of these things being drawn out is that the student will become motivated to pursue different things, will be motivated to acquire new experiences, will be um, able to realize that what they want is not something that they have, but they might be able to do things and stuff, learn new ideas, concepts, knowledge, etc., that will help them move closer to the things that they desire. And I know I, I already said something about this, but I, I guess it just seems like it bears repeating, right? Um, I talked about the monstrous versions of people just, just a moment ago. And um, I, I really want to talk about how important this is, I guess. So, you know, when I was going to school, one of the things that happened is I had to do a lot of reading about fascism. Because I, I went, when I was an undergrad, I majored in history, and the teachers that I encountered were people who um, kind of specialized in, uh, I think, trying to articulate a good understanding of what fascism is and where it comes from, and 
kind of what fuels it and what what quenches it, those sorts of things, right? So I had to do a fair amount of reading about fascism. Now, at first, I thought to myself, like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not a fascist, right? However, um, as I continued to become educated, one of the things that did happen to me is that the teachers that I had were able to get me to realize that within me, there is a fascist. Inside me, there is a bully. Inside me, there is somebody who has my ideas about the way that the world should work, and uh, a part of me wants to just kind of force those ideas onto other people and make other people behave in accordance with them. That would be my inner fascist, right? Now, knowing that that's there is really, really, really useful for me because what that does is it motivates me to not um, uh, to do the things that I can do to prevent that part of me from kind of uh, lurking in the shadows and manipulating me into doing things that I um, ultimately think would would be a bad thing. Uh, It helps me understand that my inner fascist will, I don't know, attempt to uh, entice me with short-term satisfaction, uh, that that if I, I take that, it will probably end up uh, creating long-term dissatisfaction. This is something that happened as a result of education and becoming educated about my own inner monster, right? If the only thing education ever does is uh, to focus on the idealized version of the self um, to the exclusion of the monstrous version of the self, then what will happen is the monstrous version of the self will uh, take advantage of how distracted we are by kind of uh, narcissistically looking at this idealized version of ourself, and it will succeed in finding ways to manipulate us. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if any of this is even making sense outside of my head right now, but I sure hope that it is because I think that this stuff is really important. But anyways, um, that's the Greek idea of education. It's about drawing out, not about putting in. And every, you know, I'm coming to the end of a semester right now. And as I come to the end of the semester, I'm doing a lot of different things. I'm grading papers. I'm grading exams. Um, And the result of doing that grading will mean that I eventually, you know, assign like a final grade in a course for a student. You know, the the style of grading that I'm doing is using a rubric and it's like trying to figure out how much a student did of this or that thing and and all of that. And, you know, I'm finding myself as I go through this thinking that, that what's happening is I am, I'm buying into... The, this version of education, which is that neoliberal version of education, it's this this idea that education produces things that can be rendered um, into a syllabus and uh, into a grade, into a quantifiable, measurable outcome of just how much of what it is that I've put into a student they have accepted and, and um, kind of internalized into themselves. It seems that when I'm doing these things, like I'm moving further away from the uh, version of Greek education that I described earlier, just a, a little bit ago in this, this podcast. And, and that's the thing that's going on with me right now. When I go through and I do things like update my syllabi, when I go through and I create kind of like a rubric for an assignment, when I go through and I grade assignments, what I find uh, happening is the ghosts of Socrates and Epicurus and these other Greek educators they tell me that I'm doing something stupid. They tell me that I'm doing something bad. They tell me that I'm doing, um, that, that all of my attempts to rebel against like a, 
a neoliberal order that I, I find somewhat reprehensible or totally reprehensible are all for show and that I'm not actually making any significant uh, changes in the way that the world is. And being haunted by those ghosts, that is hard. It, it, it bothers me. It hurts me at times. But I'm also so, so very glad that I'm haunted by those ghosts because I'm a dialectical pessimist. And being a dialectical pessimist uh, means that, that you open yourself up to the things that haunt you and the criticisms, uh, the rattling of chains, the, the messages that the ghosts have for you, right? Rather than running from those messages, rather than calling Ghostbusters and having the Ghostbusters show up and, you know, shoot their lasery things and take the ghost and put it in the trap and take the trap and put the ghost and put it in the containment unit. You don't do that. What you do is you, you face the ghost. You, you, you confront the ghost. You let the ghost confront you. And to the extent that you're able to, you allow the ghost to pass on whatever message it has for you to you. And you, you are as open to it as you can be. I really believe that doing that is something that is important. Now, um, I don't know if any of this has made sense again. I keep on saying that. I don't know if any of this is making sense outside of my head, but I don't. I really don't know if any of this is making sense outside of my head, but I hope that it does. Um, thanks for taking the time to download and, and listen to this uh, episode from 78, which is just, uh, I don't know what you'd call this, an audio rambling essay thing that I did. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it, wherever you are, whoever you are, whenever you are. Uh, until next time, I am from 78. Make some glorious mistakes. Yo, take care.